Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted us to consider and to think about the effects of erroneous doctrine, the effects of false doctrine, the effects of doctrine that is unhealthy. The Bible tells us constantly, or reminds us rather, that we are to practice sound doctrine. And sound doctrine is healthy doctrine, healthy teaching, teaching that uplifts, teaching that heals, teaching that reconciles, teaching that emboldens. Whereas unhealthy doctrine tear down, rip apart, and weakens the church body. So the Bible is littered with numerous passages reminding us that we ought to practice sound doctrine. So if there's sound doctrine, then what is erroneous doctrine? Erroneous doctrine, again, hurt people. Erroneous doctrine weakens the church body. Erroneous doctrine spread like cancer. Erroneous doctrines bring disunity rather than unity. Erroneous doctrine will hinder the progress of the pastor's vision. It will hinder the progress of what God is trying to do through the local body. It will hinder the progress of the family unit. It will hinder the progress of of our influence in today's society. So erroneous teachings are those teachings that are explicitly or implicitly contrary to the word of God. These type of teachings have a distinct characteristic that we ought to look out for. Erroneous teaching grows. It misleads. It perverts. It corrupts and position those who follow it in direct opposition to godly teaching. So if an individual is practicing erroneous doctrine, they are on a war path with the will of God. The Bible constantly warns us against creating or propagating unhealthy doctrines. Why? Because God is truth. And we believe that we must worship him in spirit and in truth. And God being truth desires for his children to practice the correspondence view of truth. And we define truth. We define truth as telling something like it is. Truth is telling something like it is. So when God reveals himself 
God is revealing to all of humanity what is true. And his word is true. That's why it says not uh, one jot or tittle is going to it's going should be taken away from his gospel should be taken away from his word. God is interested in the correspondence view of truth. He is truth again, and we must worship him not only in spirit, but also in truth. Even his son, Jesus, the Christ proclaimed he is the way, the truth and the life. God is very interested in Christians following the guidelines, the precepts that he has laid before us. His teachings informs us of our ontological reality. In other words, his teaching tells us about ourselves. God's word goes deep. It cuts going in and it cuts coming out and it permeates down to the marrow according to Hebrews. So God's teaching is is given to us whereby we may perform the acts or behave in a way that pleases God. It gives us our boundaries. Christians cannot do what they want to do without checking in with God. We don't have the luxury of just choosing to do whatever we want to do without filtering it through the word of God. Paul had the right perspective. The apostle Paul says that he is a prisoner of Jesus Christ, that he was indebted to Christ. And reason why Paul can have that perspective, because he realized that his life has been turned and has been forfeited uh, for the betterment of Christ and his kingdom building. So when we get saved, we don't become Christians and then follow the teachings that we want to follow. God has given us a set of guidelines. He's given us instructions on how we ought to raise our families, on how we ought to treat our spouses, on how we ought to date, on how we ought to work, on how we ought to bury people, on how we ought to worship. The Bible is filled with instructions regarding conduct and how we ought to perform. So doctrine is essential. Without doctrine, everybody gets to do what they think is right in their own eyes. And God has given us a prescriptive message that's binding for all Christians. God, again, is interested in the correspondence view of truth. So as a result, he abhors incorrect or false teachings. God loves us so much that he has given us instructions that we may not harm ourselves or other people. Erroneous teachings not only displeases God, but they hurt people. For example, uh, back in the 70s, there was a gentleman by the name of James Warren Jones. 
Many of you listening to me may know him as Jim Jones. Mr. Jones was the authoritarian leader of the people's temple of the disciples of Christ. One of the many false teachings prescribed by uh, Jim Jones was the doctrine that all people are desired by God to be healed physically. So as a result, he, along with some of his members, would often fake healing events with the sole aim of attracting membership. The fundamental problem is not only the deceit, but his teaching that God desires to heal all people physically. Does God heal? Yes, he does, according to Scripture. Can God heal? Yes, according to the Scriptures. God can heal. The problem many people have is their desire to see signs and wonders from God. So as a result, they totally miss the message which the signs and wonders are pointing to. God does not perform miracles arbitrarily. He does not perform signs and wonders in a vacuum. Signs and wonders or miracles, if you prefer to use that terminology, are performed by God as a signpost regarding his message or his messenger. So again, signs and wonders, whether it's physical healing, whether it's the parting of the Red Sea, whether it's the parting of the Jordan River, whether it's the disciples or multitude being fed uh, with with fish and bread and, and, the, and those things being multiplied, whether it's manna falling from the sky, all of these events were signifiers for something else. God was using it as the introduction to confirm his message as well as his messenger. So Jim Jones used healing as a device to grow his church and not all the healing events were legitimate. Some were fake and some were put on in order for him to gain followers. So again, they convinced themselves that God desires to physically heal all people. However, this is not the case. Some people will never be healed physically. However, it does not mean that uh, they have committed a sin. Let me repeat that. Some people will not be healed physically, and it does not mean that they've committed a sin. The Apostle Paul, for an example, who had the gift of healing, left his friend Trophimus sick in Miletum. Again, Paul, who had the gift of healing, left his friend Trophimus sick in Miletum. In addition, Paul also mentions that Epaphroditus was also sick in Philippians chapter 2, verse 25 through 29. So Paul, having the ability to heal, even recognized that it wasn't God's will for all to be healed physically. There will be some devout Christians who are going through physical ailment 
that God will not deliver them from. So the gospel is clear. Does God heal? Yes. Can God heal? Yes. But physical healing is up to God alone in terms of who who he's going to heal physically. Now, there will be a time where this this corruptible body would be translated to be incorruptible. And we await that day when God gives us our perfect bodies, the body that will not corrupt. We waiting for that day. But while we're here on earth, God has never guaranteed that he will heal all men and women physically. The point is this. God heals physically based on his prerogative. He chooses not to heal all people physically, despite their level of faith. However, God does promise. This is the good news. He does promise to heal all of us from our sins if we accept his son. In addition to Jim Jones error regarding healing, he also preached to his congregation that he was Jesus Christ. The members believe that this man, Jim Jones, was their contemporary Christ. And as a result, this false belief, this erroneous doctrine caused them their lives. We should never deify any man, deify any woman deify anybody other than God himself. Should we respect our pastor? You should respect your pastor. Should we revere our pastor in terms of reverence and deifying our pastor? Scripture is clear. No, even the apostles received worship when people try to worship them. So in terms of teaching, we have to be clear. We have to hermeneutically Look at every passage, every scripture to make sure that our interpretation is correct. We must practice sound doctrine, not unsound doctrine. We must practice sound doctrine instead of erroneous doctrine. And if we follow the laws of hermeneutics, then we will be practicing sound doctrine. But let's get back to Jim Jones. So Jim Jones told his congregation that he was the present incarnation of Jesus Christ among other leaders. He also said that he was the uh, incarnation of Gandhi and, and some other religious leaders. But is his assertion uh, concerning Jesus Christ that I'd like to highlight. When I think about that statement, it reminds me immediately of a passage in the scripture which contradicts Mr. Jones' assertion that he is the modern-day Jesus at that time. The scripture says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. How will we know them? You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, 
nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father in heaven. Many would say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who bears these sayings of mine and does not do them, they would be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Matthew seven, fifteen through 28. At the hands of Jim Jones, 900 plus people, temple worshipers lost their lives in Guyana. Unsound doctrine, erroneous doctrine, hurt people. We cannot minimize the toll that erroneous doctrine have on a life of people. Think about all of the individuals caught up in the world of the cults. Think about all these false teachings that people assume is the truth. And it's not the truth. Think about all the false teachings that exist in the prosperity movement. And this movement basically tells people that you can recognize your righteousness or you can equate your righteousness with how much material goods you have. And if you have enough faith, then you too will be materially wealthy. This is a erroneous doctrine, a doctrine that teaches that if you have enough faith, you will not get sick. If you have enough faith, you will not get cancer. If you have enough faith, you will never be ill. How many people have listened to this type of erroneous doctrine and have become bitter with God because these men and women were sharing with them false teachings, teachings that they believe was legitimate, but in reality holds no water. Again, erroneous doctrine hurts people. And we that know the Lord, we that practice sound doctrine, we have to start sharing with people the authentic and legitimate word of God based on hermeneutics. We can no longer sit on a sideline 
and watch people destroy themselves and watch people fall by the wayside because others are giving them what they believe is the word of God, but it's not. Just this week, I stopped at the post office uh, to retrieve my mail. And on my way out, uh, two ladies were positioned in their cars, and one of them got out of their car and wanted to give me some information about uh, the world and how to make sense of the world and the politics of the world and uh, how there is a, a message that she wanted to share with me. I automatically knew that they were from the uh, Watchtower Tract Society, better known as the Jehovah Witnesses. And so I politely declined. But I thought about something. Even though they have a false message, their method is right on. They have the false message, but their method is right on. At least they are out and about sharing what they believe in. And we that have the truth, many of us refuse to go out and share the gospel and love. And brothers and sisters, I encourage all of us to do our part to spread the good news. The world will always do their part. Even the cults are out and about sharing their false doctrines. We that are Christians that have the true and authentic gospel, we cannot sit on the sidelines. We cannot wave the white flag. Christ has us on assignment. And we have to stand firm on the word of God. We must be prepared to answer each question that's asked of us regarding the hope that lies within us. And we must do so with gentleness and respect. God has called all of us to share his doctrines. We must warn people about erroneous doctrines. We must be able to show them why a certain teaching is off base. We must show them that God is interested in us following sound doctrine versus erroneous doctrine. Once again, please keep in mind that erroneous doctrine hurts people. And not only that, erroneous doctrine does not lead to uh, the ult ultimate uh, salvation. Erroneous doctrines corrupts people we run out of time but we pray that you got something out of today's message and we will continue this topic on erroneous doctrine on our next episode until christ come back continue to do for the truth what others do for a lie and please consider being a financial supporter of sound reasoning that we may continue to teach others in sound doctrine uh, via the radio. God bless you and have a great, great day. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. 
Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.